Welcome to Conversation with H and we have an amazing guest with us today, an award-winning barber who has cut the likes of Anthony Joshua, Reggie Yates, Stormzy, LeBron James, Daniel Story, to name a few, you know, like he's got a long list of people like categorising everything. He's also featured or worked with Facebook, Mastercard, he's been on the Huffington Post, GQ, Timeout, Complex and many more. He has a book called Shaping Up Culture where he gives us key business insights as well as his YouTube channel, Slider Cuts, where he shows us stuff from incredible trims to encouragement to a day in the life. He's a husband to the incredible artist Laquina. Laquena. Laquena. Make sure you see, see, see how you correct me, that's beautiful. He's a, he's a father to two incredible sons. Yep. I introduced you to the superb, the amazing Slider Cuts, also known as Mike. Kyra, how are you doing today, I am doing well. I'm good, thanks. Thanks for having me. Nah, I appreciate you coming through, man. Um, for those who don't know who you are, because everyone knows, I feel like everyone knows Slider Cuts. Everyone, I feel like everyone knows Slider Cuts. <laughs> I feel like everyone's seen your face somewhere. But for those who don't know who you are, who is Mark? Um, Mark. Mark, I am, I am what you see. I'm a barber, I'm a speaker, mm. I'm a business mentor. I'm a husband, father. That that is me to wrap it up. To yeah, be yeah. honest, you know, um, if you don't know me, that I'm an author. I think I said that already as well. Yeah. I'm someone who actually likes to teach. Um, I like to teach communities which are I can't say disadvantaged, yeah. but maybe yeah, maybe disadvantaged with education, or just don't have the same opportunities as everyone. And because I've grown up in a certain environment, yeah. I guess my heart is always for those who lack certain things as well yeah, yeah. so i think you know a lot of the things which i do whether it's from the book mm -hmm. um or the mentoring schemes mm -hmm. or the community outreach it comes from that place of being one of those kids and wanting to help those same people which are were like me or who are, are like me well, yeah, 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 yeah. who i was like should i say yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i hear that you've talked about in the past like feeling privileged being born into the family you're in being mm -hmm. privileged born into the country you're in what is it about the family that you were in that made you feel so privileged? Well, the reason why I say privileged, you know, unfortunate mm -hmm. is because although, you know, I didn't grow up with, you know, loads of wealth and, you know, we were poor growing up and yeah, know, yeah. we were even homeless oh, at one wow. stage um, growing up. I still think, you know, I had lots of fortune because um, the country we're in, yeah. when we became homeless, they found us, you know, temporary accommodation. We moved around for a few years until they found us um, full-time accommodation, which is when I was 10. So from about five or six, maybe around five till I was 10, yeah. we kept on moving around. When I was 10, we got um, put into a, temp not temporary, full-time accommodation, proper yeah, accommodation, yeah. which my mom is still there now. Wow. I moved out of there about 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that was fortunate. So even though it's kind of like the misfortune of, you know, us becoming homeless because of um, my mom owned a shop mm -hmm. and um, she, no, the storehouse got robbed. Yeah. So they took everything. They took everything, everything gone, you know. So she never had insurance. I think she didn't have insurance. Cause she's from Nigeria. I don't think, I'm not sure if they had things like insurance. Yeah, so when yeah, she came yeah, over yeah, here. Yeah. Not really thinking about it. Not thinking yeah, about yeah. those things there, you know, then everything gets stolen. Then it's like, you know, you've got no money to stock up again. Yeah. Oh, you know, but you still got to pay the bills yeah. for the month and you still got to pay the rent. Cause we were living in a house or the flat above the yeah. shop. So eventually, long and short of it, we became homeless. And then it's like, you know, just because of a mistake, she didn't know. Yeah. Um, it's funny because I said, we didn't come to this country. Well, my mum didn't come to this country poor. Mm. I wasn't born into poverty. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. we got placed into poverty because of the misfortune of 
had to lose in the shop. Mm. Then we're homeless. Then, you know, we got given temporary accommodation. Now that's the fortune yeah. because, you know, we got put in, we got put up. Yeah. And that's why I said, you know, I'm, I feel privileged and fortunate for that situation. And then, yeah, you know, yeah. we moved around and we found that full-time accommodation. And from there, you know, <laughs> I, you know, I worked hard. I, yeah. you know, um, I watched what my mum was doing because my mum was always working hard. She was always trying something different, you yeah, know, yeah. selling chinchins, selling planting yeah. to shops, um, <laughs> you know, Avon back yeah. in the days. <laughs> you know, she was always trying something yeah, different yeah, yeah. anyway. So that's what I mean by, you know, I'm fortunate, even though there's misfortune that's happened in my life, mm -hmm. you know, there was still a lot of fortune that allowed us to come out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. How did that, how did the, your, what happened with your mom and your mum's shop and then seeing your mum as a businesswoman, how did that affect you, do you think, growing up and then becoming a businessman yourself? I think subconsciously um, it played a big part yeah, yeah, yeah. in my life because I always saw my mum just trying something new yeah. and just working. And also like when my mum used to make chin chin and plantain chips and sell them to shops, yeah. she used to make the chin chin and she used to make the plantain chips, but it was me and my brothers that had to weigh it, put it into the bags, wow. seal the bags, put the labels onto the bags yeah, and yeah, deliver yeah. them to the shops. So she made them, but she had us in the kitchen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doing the delivery service. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> doing, doing the work, you know, literally, you know, weighing, okay, weighing, okay, whatever the grams are, yeah. that grams, okay, take a little bit out. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's the way it is. Okay, put in the machine, put the thing down, seal it. Then, okay, we got the stickers, stick them onto it. Okay, put them away. You know, so all those things there, I think that's all kind of like, I'm learning, I'm behind the scenes, but actually working and then, you know, go and deliver them to yeah. the actual shops, you know, and you know, that they weren't, these shops weren't even close, you know, just deliver them. And so I'm learning those things there as well as seeing her, you know, trying different things all the time, you know, Avon this or selling that, yeah, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, so I think, you know, and just, you know, just trying everything she could, you know, mm -hmm. just to bring in um, money. So I think yeah. that played a, a part. And I think also it's another thing that played a massive part and it's such a small thing, right? Mm. But my mom once told me that when I was about seven, I think I was. Yeah. She once told me that my granddad, she, he owned a factory in Nigeria and he used to make rubber and sell it and deport it um, to other countries, even to England. Wow. You know, so I remember hearing that saying he had a factory. And I remember even around that age, of maybe I was six or seven. Yeah. I remember we were in the living room one time and it's me and my three brothers and I can't, I'm Arnold Schwarzenegger was on TV and so something happened where he said he got paid millions basically yeah, yeah, yeah. for some film he was in. And we all started talking about, I don't know why this was the figure, but this was the figure saying, if you got given 40,000 pounds, what would you do with it? And my brothers were talking about things they'd buy, yeah. computer consoles, trainers, all these different things, right? And I remember I said, I'd buy a factory. <laughs> At six, seven. Yeah, but the reason why I said I'd buy a factory it's was because my, my granddad yeah, had a factory yeah, yeah, yeah. and my mom had told me that he had a factory. So I was like, oh, I'll have a factory. And I, I said, I'll make stuff basically to make money. So I said, I'll get a factory and I'll make stuff and then, you know, sell it somehow and make more money. And that was basically the start, you could say, of my um, business brain. Yeah. But is that it was what my mum told me, you know, and it was just kind of like, oh yeah, get a factory, make stuff, make money. It just, it just made sense. <laughs> Do you know how like amazing it is that your mind for money at six, seven years of age yeah. to say, oh, if I get money, I can then do something to make more money. Yeah. 
Whereas other people, I know what I was thinking at six, seven. If I get an action man or this, this at least, <laughs> I'll get a load of action man, line them up in my room, protect my room. Like, Makes that's, sense. that's what people, in your head, you were like, at six, like six, seven years old, you was like, I'm going to buy a factory, not just to have a factory, not just to do, just have a factory, just to have a factory, but you're buying a factory because if I have a factory, I can do. Make stuff and make money. But that's because of what my mom said about my granddad. So yeah. if she never said that to me, it's funny because I can't say I, my life would have changed, but I do think if she never said that to me, maybe that would have been awoken at that time. Mm. Or maybe it might have never. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, because it, it was that, I feel like that was the start yeah. of that thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and also knowing someone in my family had done that. Because remember, at this point as well, we were poor. Mm. So when, mom, when my mum told me that, we were just in poverty. So I didn't see wealth or... You know, I, it's weird, I just didn't... To me, because we were poor, it almost meant that my family's poor. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's weird. It just, it's just kind of like, this is our situation. We're poor, so... If I'm poor, then my, the rest of my family must be poor. To yeah, some, yeah, 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 to some degree. Although I knew that I had an uncle, which was funny, that he was rich. Well, <laughs> seemingly rich. He had an uncle that, you know, every time you saw him, he gave... Maybe it was after that, he just gave you money. They like, yeah, might be 20 pounds, might be 50 pounds. They just, just had this uncle, right? Yeah. You know? But I just never connected that to we weren't born into poverty. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah you yeah, know, I never yeah. connected the two. It's just kind of like, oh, he's got money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, but we're just, we're just poor, so yeah. So um, that literally, I think, you know woke up something in me, mm. you know, to think along those lines and, you know, look down the line now, you know, 30 years later, yeah. you know, I do own a, a business, a premises, yeah. you know, that does make money yeah, now. Yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. This is what I'm saying. Like, it's crazy that you had that thought process then. But when you were like younger, before you get, before we get into the barbering, was there anything you wanted to become apart from a barber? Yeah, I wanted to be an actor. So even at that time, I wanted to be an actor and, um, around between seven and 10, I can't remember when, yeah, yeah, at yeah. some point, I wanted to be an actor. Okay. And that's when it started. And then I wanted to be an actor probably until I was about, I don't know, 16. But alongside that, I also wanted to just to perform. So I wanted to be an MC. You know? Really? What was the MC name? Slider. <laughs> yeah, really? Yeah. yeah. I had, actually, to be fair, I had other names as well before I came to Slider. Yeah. I had like, I had some names that people don't even know because it didn't last long. I think it might, it, it could have lasted even like a week before I changed it. Like, you know, I remember I had Anonymous. Okay. I had Thriller. I had, can't remember if I ever went with Silver. No, I don't forget actually. I remember considering Silver. Okay. Um, I had one which I'm very embarrassed of. It was so embarrassing, this name. I had Gallus. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason why I think it's embarrassing because I wasn't a Gallus. <laughs> <laughs> just like, throwing it out there now. I was like I, I was like I wanted to be one <laughs> but I wasn't you know and I remember I remember being like that name I remember me and my friends talking about it I was like that name was so cursed because the whole time I had that name you know I remember being like I didn't even get one girl that whole time the whole time I had that name it's not even like you know I was trying you know I talked to girls it just wasn't happening I just like <laughs> it was just an embarrassing name <laughs> Oh gosh. You know, to the point I remember even like, it's funny because only maybe in recent years, where my mum lives in the flat she lives, yeah. outside it, basically there was a time when they were plastering the walls outside it. Yeah. And I, I put Gallus on the wall and it was there on the wall up until a couple of years ago when they now had replastered it. So it's... <laughs> oh 
it was just in the wall because when it was still wet, I thought I figured it and I just couldn't think. Oh gosh. Yeah, so yeah. So you wanted to be an MC, an actor. How did you even get into the name Slider? Do you know what? I just was looking for names that sounded good. Really? Like people thought it was for another reason and I wish it was for another reason, but the real reason was literally just, it just sounded good and it had the ER at the end. So it would rhyme with loads of stuff when you're MC it. <laughs> you know, but then what happened was, and it might've been literally within a few months of me choosing that name. Yeah. There was this guy in my school, his name was Eugene. Yeah. He had come from living in, uh, was it Australia? No, I can't remember, Austri I think he came from Australia. Mm -hmm. Something like that, right? So this was like year nine, year, year nine, year 10, something like that. Yeah. And he came and he was dancing, he used to dance, he used to lock and pop and slide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember looking at him and be like, right, he can lock, he can pop yeah, and yeah. he's sliding and he's dancing and he's doing all this kind of stuff there. So I was like, okay, you know, I, I kind of want to do that. So, um. I started doing that. Yeah. It wasn't only him, he was one of the people. Yeah. But then there was also this guy who was a year above me yeah. called Marlon. Do you know, I don't even know that group Flawless. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. Marlon, the, 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 who started Flawless, he was a year above me. Yeah. So he used to always, like, he was always sliding as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the playground and he used to play basketball and he used to always be sliding while he was playing basketball yeah. and dancing. And even like, we used to do like talent contests in the school and he used to be, like, he used to dance in the talent contest yeah, yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, so I remember seeing him as well, so, you know, yeah. And then it was like, at the time, Usher. Yeah. And Usher was dancing. So these were kind of like the three, I can't remember who Zaki was first, who I yeah. saw first, but you know, like it was Usher, there was Marlon, there was Eugene, and all these yeah. people are uh, dancing. And I remember like, oh, I kind of want to do that. I want to I wanna learn that, that's, that's cool. And then I started going to this class next to my house. Yeah. Some guy called David used to take this class. He was like this, he's this old school um, dancer who was um, like a popular dancer back in the days. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. there used to be a crew of people which were known and he was one of them as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and he was doing a class next to my house, like in some hall in the school. Yeah. So I used to go there. So I started dancing and I got addicted to sliding. So I literally got addicted to it to the point where I was doing it at every single moment. So every time someone saw me and they're like, oh, slider, they're like, oh, we know why they call you slider. But that wasn't the reason. I got the name, it's almost like I spoke it into fruition. <laughs> But so I was like, okay, cool. Everyone just let everyone just think that. But they don't realize I had the name slider first. But every time someone saw me, up until I literally only stopped sliding about a few years ago. But I still do it now. So some of the people, <laughs> but some of the people, so basically when I'm um, cutting hair, yeah. like what was funny is we changed the floor in like about a year, two year, a year and a half ago. Yeah. But around my chair, I, my station, it was wood before, painted wood on the floor. Yeah. I, it was so worn out. Because when I was going around the chair, when I would go around the chair, I wouldn't walk around the chair. I would slide around the chair. <laughs> so the paint around the, the chair was just all rubbed out. And when you looked at everyone else's stations and you looked on their floor, it's all neat. But my one is just rubbed all out. And everyone's like, yeah, because you know what you're doing. So yes, I don't do it as much as I used to. But yeah. up until a few years ago, literally, I was, I was, the addiction lasted like 20, maybe like 15, 16, 17, 18 years. And I was just always doing it. So people just always, anytime anybody saw me, like big people, aunties, uncles, they just be like, oh, that's why they call you Slider. Because they would see me doing it. <laughs> you know what's crazy? Like, you had the name Gallus, you didn't get no ladies. And then you had the name Slider before you was even sliding. <laughs> 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 like, it don't even make sense. <laughs> but that's amazing, like, because some people think, like, when people have, like, a, a, a name or alias, it's kind of like it's derived from this happened or this. Yeah, and yeah. you're just saying, I just came up with the... With the name. So was you then, when you first started cutting hair, which was about 14, 15? Around 14, 13, 14, yeah. 
13, 14. Was your name Slider Cuts then? And what was that first barbering experience like for you? My name was Slider then, it wasn't Slider Cuts. Okay. Slider Cuts came about, about 12 years ago. Okay. You know, but it was just Slider, so that was just my nickname now, my MC name, which was, no, it was Slider D. Yeah. You know, just D, because there was no reason, it just sounded just, okay, Slider D, just, you know, I remember my, you know, I remember like my younger brother being like, you know, what does Slider D stand for? And I'd be like, it stands for dangerous, you know, so keep... <laughs> just making you know, it up. <laughs> you know, your younger brother just kind of like, it stands for dangerous, didn't it? So keep messing with me in it, you're going to find out. <laughs> you know, so my brother would know, oh, Slider Dangerous, Slider Dangerous. <laughs> but it wasn't Slider Dangerous, it was just what I was saying to him, you know, to tell him that, you yeah. know, Keep messing with me. <laughs> I'm dangerous, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> you know? And um, but it was just slide a D. Yeah. You know, but then as kind of like it came to the end of me MCing, which was around 18. Yeah. I um then it was just and even probably at that point there, even though to be fair, even like before then, I just I think at some point it just kind of phased out the yeah, whole yeah, the whole yeah, D yeah. was just it was just slider. Yeah. Um and my first haircut around that 13, 14 was on me. Really? Yeah. Yeah, because I, cause basically my mum and my older brothers were cutting my hair. Yeah. My mum would just take it all off. Just one, just one, just... Skin. Not one level, skin. <laughs> <laughs> skin, zero. Apache zero. <laughs> you know, so... Um, and then when I went to secondary school, I think my older brother started cutting my hair, but he just gave me one level. Yeah. But it'd be like a one level, like maybe like a number two all around. So it basically looked like I never had a haircut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it just not looking sharp or not. Yeah, 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 yeah. no shape up, there's yeah. no phase, there's no nothing. It was just kind of like, just take it all down, you know, yeah. one level. And then I went to a school where before, like the schools I went to, primary school, like they were, let's say majority, just like white. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So even like when I was a kid, the hairstyles I was looking at were like, in, when I was in primary school, were like curtains, because yeah. everyone had curtains. Yeah, I went yeah, to school, yeah. everyone's white and they all had curtains. Yeah, and it's yeah, like, yeah. I want curtains. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I want, then you look on TV and it's like David Beckham, he's got curtains. <laughs> and then it's kind of like, um, take that. I don't know how yeah, old you are. Yeah, 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 but you know, yeah, take yeah. that. Gary Barlow. And Gary Williams Barlow, Owen, blah, yeah, blah, blah. They had curtains. <laughs> and I'm like, yo, I want curtains. <laughs> I, I want my hair like that. <laughs> you know, your hair texture not even growing yeah, like that yeah, at all. My hair's not doing that. <laughs> but I wanted curtains. Yeah. Then I got to secondary school and then it was like half of my year was black. Okay. The school I went to. So this is kind of like, it's like, you know, right, I'm around a bunch of people that look like me and they've all got now haircuts, fades and yeah. borderlines and lines and yeah. shape ups. And I'm looking at their hair and I'm like, I want that haircut. I want the haircut, but I'm getting my getting Afro them. one level type things, right? <laughs> so I remember one day being like, you know what? We can't afford to go to the barbershop. Yeah. I'm just going to try it myself. I'm gonna give myself one of those haircuts, you know, and it didn't go well. <laughs> you know, it went it went wrong. You know, I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah, yeah. Then I had to cut all my hair off to zero. Uh, then I went into school uh, and I got suspended from classes because my hair was too low. Because you wasn't allowed your hair that low in the school I went to. So on top of having a bad haircut, you know, it's like I didn't want to cut my hair off. I didn't want it zero. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah. I wasn't getting. That was the whole point. You were yeah. you were trying to make sure that your mum and your yeah. brother weren't cutting your hair over. Yeah, and you know, people are dissing me in school for having a bald head anyway. <laughs> And then I'm not allowed in classes no more until my head grows back to a suitable uh, level. It's just long. Just, it's just, part of it is just long. From worse to worse. But then, you know, we still didn't have no money to go to the barber shops. So yeah, yeah. the next time I gave myself a haircut and just, I gave myself a lot of bad haircuts. <laughs> you know, I remember literally one time, there's no exaggeration. I pulled back my hairline. It was here. And the reason why I know where it was is because it was in line with the front of my ear. <laughs> so that's why I could just put my finger here and just like line it up. And I remember like, Shaping it up, it's gone back a bit. Right. Okay, let's let's level it up. 
Oh, too far back. And I remember, I remember it was sharp though. Because everyone who saw me was like, they'll look at me funny, but it was kind of like, yo, that's sharp. <laughs> it was sharp though. But it was kind of like, yeah. <laughs> uh, it was just, and then I remember I left it like that. And then oh. the front of my hair here started growing back. So people were looking at me when it was growing back, being like, what what's all that stuff growing back at the front of your hair? <laughs> you know, what, something you didn't understand. What, what is that? And I was just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I went through a lot of bad haircuts, you know. Mm. But then, you know, after a while, things just started getting better. Then I remember my little cousin started living with me. Yeah. And he's about, I'm like 14 now, maybe 14, 15. He's about seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's like, you know, his mum's like, when he moved in with us, like, oh, um, how does he, when does he go to get a haircut? I was like, yeah, I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I, I was enjoying cutting hair. Yeah. Then my little brother, every now and then, no, what my brother done was this hack. He'd get a haircut from me, no shape up, yeah. try and fade it. But then he'd go to the barber shop and they'd fix it up for uh, cheaper. Oh, uh, <laughs> okay, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, yeah, so yeah. then times haircuts were five pounds, they're charging three pounds. They're like, okay, we're just shaping you up and just going over the yeah, fade. Yeah, yeah. They're charging three pounds to fix it up. You know, so he was doing that a little bit, you know. So then, then people around my area yeah. started being like, oh, you know, if you want a haircut, go to Slider's house or Mark's house, whatever they were mm. friends to me as, you know. You can get a shape up for him or, you know, or get a quick haircut, you know. And that's how things built up. And then yeah. when I was 18, I got this kind of like intern or unofficial internship in yeah. a barbershop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when did you feel like you'd reached a level of, I can really cut hair? I thought I could really cut hair when and I then, was... And then when did you actually reach that level? Yeah. <laughs> so I thought I could really cut hair when I was 28. Really? That far from 14, 15 to 28? Yeah. Yeah. When I was 28, I was like, right, I think I've mastered it now. Because I, because I could cut hair before that and I, I was busy barber. I was like basically fully booked in a sense yeah. um, before that. But I could produce good haircuts. But then there was this point when I realised that I'm not in control of when a haircut comes out excellent. Wow. And I used to always look, and because I had good barbers in front of me as well, yeah. it meant that I had um, good examples and I had a long way to go. Yeah. So where, you know, people say, no, good barber, yeah, I was a decent barber. Because the barbers in front of me were so good, yeah. it meant that I knew what a good haircut looked like. Yeah, yeah, and I yeah, knew, yeah. and I'd seen what they were doing. So I was like, okay, I need to get to there. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I see the barbers in front of me and they'll be like, okay, someone's got a special occasion. They need a really good haircut mm -hmm. and they knew how to do a really good haircut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for me, it was kind of like, it was hit and miss. It was kind of like, I'll do a haircut. It's like, it came out really good and I didn't know what I had done yeah. okay. to make the haircut really good. Yeah, yeah, I was just yeah, cutting, yeah. you know. Yeah, and hoping for the best. You know, and just, I'm, I kind of knew what I was doing, but I wasn't fully in control of what I was doing. I'm with you. You know, so it was like, you know, people will see me as a good barber, but I kind of like, uh, knew that I was decent, but, I just knew there was still... There's a way to go. There's a long way. Um, I just knew there was a way to go in it. So, you know, but I remember then about 28 being like, okay, you know, I know what I'm doing. You know, I can produce good haircuts. You know, I'm, I'm really good now. But yeah. what was funny is when I was 22 or 21, I looked at the year before and I'm like, oh yeah, I was a much, I'm a much better barber now. Then when I turned 23, I was like, I'm a much better barber now. Yeah, yeah, then, you yeah. know, I'm turning 25 and I'm looking back saying, no, I wasn't good then. Oh, I'm good. I'm a decent barber now. Yeah, yeah. 27, I look back at 25. I wasn't really good then. No, yeah, I'm good yeah, now. I'm you know, I think you. I think when I stopped saying I wasn't really good then was probably when I probably turned maybe twenty, maybe about twenty-eight, twenty to thirty. Yeah, is when I probably stopped looking back and saying I wasn't good then, but I'm yeah. good now. But.
I'd do is I'd look back and say I'm better now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't say that I wasn't good then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a different, it's a different how, application of what you looked like back then. Yeah, so yeah, I can yeah, look yeah. at my haircuts five years ago and I can see that I've improved. Yeah, but I, yeah, yeah. But it's not that I wasn't good five years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was yeah. good five years ago. But I think even, I don't know, I think right now I'm, I'm at the peak of um, barbering for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you know doing all different haircuts. Um, I'm in control. Yeah. Um, I know how to do a good haircut. I can cut quick. I can cut slow. I can like. I feel like now I'm at the peak, you know. Mm. But it's because basically I've just got a mindset of you're forever learning, and you know yeah. I see it as you know if I want to master this craft, I must forever be a student of it. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I'm always learning. I'm always looking at different barbers. I'm looking online. Yeah, yeah, you know, I watch the barbers around me. Yeah. I look at tutorials online. I look at different techniques. So wow. I'm not in a place where I think you know I'm just this is just it. Yeah, like yeah. I and people say look I did a live yesterday on Instagram. And someone was saying, you know, what other barbers do you rate? And I was saying about these other barbers that I rate and yeah. for different reasons, right? And someone was like, oh, you know, you're just being over humble. And I said, no, I'm not being over humble. I'm just being truthful. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it might be, yes, it might be a humble thing to be truthful, yeah. but I'm not being over humble. I'm just being honest. Yeah. I know where I'm good. Mm -hmm. I know where someone's better than me. Mm. I know where I can improve still. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, yeah. so I feel like, you know, this whole thing of just saying, who's the best barber? Me. Mm. You know, and I remember like um, in, in a previous shop I worked in, there was a barber, a few barbers actually used to say this thing, which was like, people would say, who's the best barber in here? Yeah, yeah, And the barbers would always say things like, you know, I remember like um, the barber, you know, Damon saying, um, who do you expect me to say? Mm. Obviously I've got to say me, like, you know, if you don't think you're the best barber, you know, then there's basically, there's an issue. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember being there quiet, the young barber, just being there quiet, listening to him. One, Damon was the best barber in the shop anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But my thing was, when he's talking to the customers and saying, you know, who else am I supposed to say but me in it? Yeah. I'm just, I was just like, you know, he's like, what else should I say? And I, in my head, I was like, the truth. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, if you're the best barber, you're the best barber. But if you're not the best barber, yeah. you don't have to like say, you know, you're the best barber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, Damon was the best barber. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know, so even then, it, it wasn't like it was a lie. He, he was the best. He was yeah, saying yeah. the truth. But he was saying, um, what, who else am I supposed to say? Yeah. And I'm just like, well, in my head, I didn't say this out loud. In my head, I was just thinking of, you know, the truth, you know, because, you know, but then there's another barber who'd be like, you know, he'd feel like he's the best barber. But I'm like, I'm really you're not the best barber. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> you're not the best barber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so if someone said to me, who's the best barber, it's kind of like, I'd be like, Damon is, mm. because he's the best barber. Yeah, yeah, That's just, yeah, yeah. you know, it is. But I think it's also a thing where if people feel like, in whatever industry, if you feel like you're the best, if you, if you know you're not the best at your craft, you feel like you might lose customers or you might yeah. lose this or you might lose that. And sometimes in certain cases, it's a it's an ego thing. If I yeah. say this person's the best at what I do, mm and we're in the same vicinity, yeah. then people are going to go to that person rather than Maybe. come to me. And then it's like, ah, oh, so... And some people don't look at it as a way of how do I improve to get to that level? Some people yeah, look yeah. at it like, if I tell you that that's the person, you're not going to come to me anymore. You're going to go to... Yeah, no, yeah, I get that. I get that. I guess I've always just seen the value in um in your craft and being good at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and just knowing that, you know, if you become good at what you do, yeah. customers will come. Mm -hmm. The focus is being good at what you do so if I'm not there yet yeah and also I've never I've never been like that prideful and I never and also to be honest I was a nervous barber as well yeah 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 yeah. even though people couldn't see it but I was a nervous barber I used to be scared to do a lot of haircuts yeah. so for wow. me it wasn't even about chasing the money you know I'll be like ah oh, I don't want to cut that person because that haircut seems hard yeah. in my head you know so people wouldn't notice it you know but I was just a nervous barber because <laughs> 
So but, how, how do you how do you over how do you overcome being a nervous barber and then essentially turn yourself into this now businessman? Do you understand what I'm saying? You become good. <laughs> <laughs> you become good. <laughs> I was nervous because I was honest about where I was at and what I was good at and what I wasn't good at. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, from yeah, the beginning yeah. of my journey, I had this thing like, and this is this is not even like some saying. This is actually the truth of what I was actually doing. I remember seeing older barbers, you know, who started um, decreasing in their skill sets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was because they weren't honest about where they were at. Mm. And they were just always kind of like, you know, something new would happen and they were just diss younger barbers or they, they just, you know, they just weren't learning anymore. And I remember like in my early days, I might've been like 18, 19, 20. I remember literally praying and, you know, talking with God and just being like, you know, God, please, 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 please never allow me to get to that place where I'm almost blinded, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. by, or I'm too prideful, mm. you know, just to see where I'm at, or I'm too prideful to learn from other people. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I remember just always, that was, I, that wasn't like a one-off prayer. I remember having that conversation with God so many times, just mm. being like, I just don't ever want to be that because I saw the older, the older barbers, which suddenly got a bit older, their hair, their, you know, haircuts maybe started falling, but you know, yeah. they just refused to acknowledge it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, you know, something new came in, you know, and that could be social media. And yeah. they just like, oh, that's just foolishness. You know, they just, and I just remember being like, don't be that person. Just God, please don't let me be that person. And that's why now I still watch the younger barbers. Yeah. I might be teaching a, a barber, but I'll still be looking at what they're doing because there's things I can pick up from that younger barber still. Yeah, 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 you yeah, know, and that yeah, could yeah. be, you know, what they, you know, that could be something I'm not doing. Like one of the barbers in my shop now, he does all this, um, he does the, these, these kind of facials with a hot towel and stuff yeah. like that. You know, he probably, he looks up to me as a barber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm still looking at him saying, okay, and I said to him, you know, okay, at some point, you know, if I start doing that, I'm going to have to come to you to tell me what you're doing, you know, yeah, yeah. you know, or he's better, he's better at me when it comes to scissor cutting, yeah, yeah, you know, when it comes to European hair, he's better than me at that. So I said, you know, I looked at him and said, yeah, you're really good at that, you know, this and that, you know, my master's not watching you more. Well, something along those lines, it's just kind of like, you know, ultimately, if I'm too prideful, it's me who suffers. Yeah. If I'm being prideful about, you know, that it's me who suffers, but me dropping my pride and actually just asking for help where I need help means that I improve. Yes. So when you look at my business, it's kind of like, you know, where, why is it at, where it's at? It's because I'm honest about where I'm at. If yeah. I'm not in a good place, I'm not in a good place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I'm in debt, I'm in debt. If my haircuts are up to scratch, then up to scratch. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, the truth doesn't change because I don't want to acknowledge it. Yeah. So acknowledging it allows me to address the issues yeah, instead yeah, yeah. and then allows me to improve in those areas. So. That's why it's always been that thing for me, you know, from young, just looking at it. When, and that's why when I heard, you know, the barber saying, oh, you know, who am I supposed to say? In my head, I was just like, you know, just say the truth. Yeah, yeah. Even though he, he was saying the truth, innit? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I guess he was almost saying, you know, even if he wasn't, you know, I've got to believe I'm the best, you know? And I'm yeah. just like, you don't have to believe. In my head, you don't have to believe you're the best. Yeah. You know, you can say you're not the best and, you know, work to be the best yeah, 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 instead. Yeah. You know what's inspiring as well? Even though you're saying like, if you're not truthful, when you're truthful, you improve as well. You're only holding yourself back. But by you saying to to the other barber, you do European haircuts like better than I do, like scissor cutting, or yeah. like when I come to do the, the hot towel, like facials and stuff, I'm gonna come to you. Yeah. That also inspires them. Yeah. So although you improve, they look at you like, oh, he's he's noticing. Yeah. And it's little things like that that then grow your business. Yeah. Grow the relationships that you yeah. have with your yeah. with the the people that you work with, but also your customers will start to see that and then all of a sudden you've built an environment where yeah. people feel like, you know what, I want to go slider cuts. Not because it's slider who's doing it. I yeah. want to go to be a part of the environment. Yeah. Yeah. I want to go to be a part of the atmosphere because if if you're giving that inspiring, like, quick 
couple of seconds of, yeah. of, of words to, to this person, it will start to filter into what the atmosphere of the place is. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Do you feel like in terms of business, that's the kind of mantra that you've had in terms of, I'm just going to be truthful. This is what I'm going to do. And, and whatever kind of comes back to me is because I put my truth out there. Yeah, honestly, that, that's the key. Like even when I've done business, business talks, I've done masterclasses on business. Yeah. The thing I always start off with, start off with is honesty. Mm. I said, you know, if you, when you're going on this journey of business, the first thing you need to be is honest. Like yeah, it's, yeah. you know, you need to, be, the foundation of your business needs to be honesty. Yeah. Because you need, honesty, you know, stretches into so many different branches as to why it helps you. Yeah. You know, because um, honesty, as an example, helps you to hire. Because mm. if you're honest with yourself about where you're strong and where you're weak, honest about where you're weak, and that's what you need to hire. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I'm a good barber. I'm great. I, you know, I do this. I do that. Blah, blah, blah. But you don't do, let's say, scissor cutting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not really good at that. So hire in that area, so that when people come into the barber shop, they can get scissor cuts, even if it's not for me. Yeah, yeah, but they can get it done in the barber shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, what's well, you know, what am I else am I not good at? Um, my grammar is is isn't isn't good. You know, and I hate responding to emails. I'm yeah. weak on that. You know, I just I just don't, and I get overwhelmed by all these different emails yeah, when they come yeah, in. Yeah. So anybody I hire when it comes to an assistant, as example, with the admin, they need to be really, really good at those things because yeah. I've acknowledged that's a weakness of mine. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. they need to, you know, fill in those, those gaps. You know, I always tell people, you know, it's good and it's good, you know, to know what your strengths are, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But your strengths are your strengths. And I always say this, your strengths are your sprinters. Yeah, yeah. And why I say that is because your strengths just sprint for you. Mm. You know, what you're strong at, you just do. You just yeah. notice that if you're, if you're, um, a, if you're good at shaping up, as example, yeah. you just do it. And because it's the strength of yours, you probably just won't even notice it, but you know, you just take pride in it. You know, you just, it just sprints for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's good to acknowledge that's what you're good at and that's a strength of yours, but focusing all your energy just on your strengths and not acknowledging what your weaknesses are mm. is where the cracks in your business come. Yeah, 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 yeah Because yeah, it's kind of yeah. like, okay, I'm good at this, but I need to also acknowledge that I'm bad at that. Yeah. You know, so if I'm bad at that, what am I going to do about it? Am I going to improve? I'm going to do a course to do it. Am I going to hire someone in that space there? Yeah. So, you know, those are those is where your business, that's where your business fails. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's those cracks there. Your strengths are going to sprint anyway. You, you, you can't help it. Like the things which I'm good at, yeah. I can't help. One of the things I'm good at is I'm a hard worker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I can't help that. I actually have to pull myself back from working hard. That's just one of my strengths, mm. you know. So, you know, I had to say, you know, and even like I remember one the receptionist saying to me last year, I said, last year, I'm going to stop doing the four or five a.m. starts. Yeah. You know, I'm going to say, I'm going to stop it this year. This is what I was saying last year. And I was getting towards the end of the year. I remember the receptionist, Chantel, she was saying to me, you still, you're still doing 5 a.m.? Like, it's almost like weekly, like that November period. She's kind of like, you said you're going to stop it beforehand. You're still doing 5 a.m.? Uh, she, she'd look at my schedule. You're still doing 5 a.m.? <laughs> you know? And it's because, you know, and I remember being like, okay, December came, like mid-December, and I said, and I stopped. And I said, look, I've done it. I told you by the end of the year, I'm yeah, going to yeah. stop it. But that's one of my strengths. So I'm now having to kind of pull myself away from doing that thing there, yeah. you know. So in my business, it's best now to spend some time focusing on what are my weaknesses mm. so that I improve those things there. So yeah, the business um, mantra or, you know, the foundation is built on honesty and truth. How do you then, if you're a hard worker and you are, you know, you want your business to succeed and all sorts of things, how do you balance that between business and family? Because now, in in the midst of you being a barber, you 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 get married, yep. you have kids. How do you then? Ban I mean, you've got all these other things that happen in life anyway. Um, how do you balance that, or how do you prioritize? Especially if you're still doing the five a.m. starts and these kind of things. How do you prioritize? Well, 
I sacrificed energy and sleep. Mm. So my children, like, have never felt I'm not around. I'm always around. Mm. Because even like, I'll start at 4, 5 a.m. as example, 5 a.m. most of the time. Um, let's say, example, like my, I was still taking my son to nursery every morning. Yeah. Because I was starting work, let's say, at 5, then I would go home at 7 or 7.30, mm. literally jump on the bus or rush home, whatever I do, get home, get my son, his clothes will probably be prepared from the day before, yeah, yeah. get him. And this was especially when my wife had our second child, mm. you know, and um, I was just kind of like, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, she's not going to be like doing all of this anyway. Yeah. So I was kinda like going home, getting him ready, brushing his teeth, taking him to nursery, yeah. then going back to work. Wow. And then at five, when his nursery ended or something like that, or 4.35, I, I, you know, I was putting basically a break, you could say, at the end of the day, around 4.30, and I'd go pick him up. It's an hour round trip. Mm. Pick him up, come back to the barbershop, yeah. carry on cutting hair for another hour, hour and a half, take him home. Yeah. You know, so, and then it was like, Saturday evenings I was there, afternoons I was there. I was finishing about, I was trying to always finish around three o'clock so I could get home, yeah, to be yeah. with them. Sundays I wasn't working. Um, Mondays I wasn't working as well. Yeah. Um, so then I'd be with them on Mondays. Yeah, you know, yeah. Mondays was always me and my son. Um, Sundays, you know, me and my son. And then, you know, my sons when my yeah, second yeah. child um, came. And then also I took him everywhere with me. Mm. The only time I had jobs. You, they was there? They were with me. Like I'd, I'd cut with him on my back. Wow. Um, I'd bring him to the barbershop. Like they used to be like, you used to spend one day with me before, like, because he used to do nursery two days a week yeah. before you got into school, two days a week, Thursday, Friday. Then one of the other days, like a Wednesday, he'd be at work with me all day. Um, and then whenever I had jobs, I'd just take him or slash them with me. So whoever it is, like he's been <laughs> like, you know, whoever it was, I'd be on a photo shoot, you know, like the quote unquote, not that this is the big thing, but you obviously wouldn't know, but like the celebrities that have looked after him, <laughs> <laughs> because I'll be there cutting hair and yeah. then they'll be like, that person's there entertaining, you know, Mikello, yeah, you know, yeah. I'm playing games with him while I'm cutting this person's hair, you know, you know, he, he won't, he won't know. Celebrity babysitter. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, you know, but because he was just always there with me and it's yeah. kind of like, he was just always with me, just kind of like, so I always made it that, you know, I'm going to do what I need to do, but for my wife, I was just going to like, I'm not going to be like, kind of like, it's all work and she's going to feel this burden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I'd be like, no, 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 cool. I'll take it with me. No, it's cool. With me. And sometimes she'd be like, are you sure? How are you going to deal with it? This and that. And I'm like, I'll just, I'll make it happen. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. Whatever the case, I'll make it happen. You know? That's, that's amazing because as you just said, your sons don't miss out. You don't miss out in terms of work or anything like that. And then on top of that, you're taking that kind of burden from, away from your wife. So then your family kind of works yeah. because you've done that even though you sacrifice sleep yeah time yeah energy <laughs> yeah yeah all those types of things but you're doing it for for a greater good it's not just like i'm doing this so i benefit you're doing it so us as a unit yeah benefit from this in all that you do because you talked about celebrity babysitters <laughs> that you've had in the house how do you how do you stay grounded considering you're so popular, you've, you've cut so many different people's hair, people know you from these different adverts that, you, that they've seen you in and those types of things that you get recognised. How do you stay humble and stay grounded? Well, there's a couple of things. Mm -hmm. One, I just don't believe I'm bigger than anyone else. Mm. You know, just on a human um, level. Yeah. You know, because I do this, this doesn't make me better than you. Yeah. It, the fact it makes me more known than you, yeah. 
it might make me more celebrated than you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it doesn't make me better than you. Mm, <laughs> that's good. You know, um, also, you're here today, you're gone tomorrow. Mm. I've always acknowledged the fact that, would you call it, yes, I've got, you know, some, I've got a following. Yes, people, you know, recognise me. I get stopped, you know. I get stopped to get, take pictures and things like that. Really? Yeah, which I find a bit strange sometimes as well, to be honest. And I, uh, yeah, I do find it strange. Um, <laughs> but I think also, and some of the staff in my shop have said this to me, mm. where they say, I don't acknowledge maybe the position I'm in or how mm. people see me, but I can't see how people see me because I'm, I'm, you see yourself. I can't see right? myself. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I, you know, I can't, I'm, I'm in the brand. I can't see, like, I literally can't see how people see the brand yeah, 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 because yeah. I'm inside the brand. You know, I'm doing the brand, making the brand. So I, I don't really notice how people see it or what that feeling is, mm. you know, and I just kind of like, just don't kind of like, I just don't rate myself that highly. Wow. Here, 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 and my wife used to say this about me, right? She used to have an issue with it yeah you know she used to say you know you see yourself too lowly in a sense like you know mm. like you shouldn't see yourself that low yeah but it's not that i see myself in a place where it's like oh suddenly i don't rate myself or rate anything which i'm doing yeah but i just don't i can't explain it. i just don't you don't you don't you don't gash yourself is is what or you don't overestimate who you are yeah you're saying you don't see yourself highly but you do respect your ability I respect my ability, but that's just basically based on truth. I don't respect it above what it, what it, what it is, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and I don't also put it in a place where it's not. So example, like I remember like, you know, no offense to, no offense to all the barbers who said this, right? <laughs> but I just didn't agree with it. Yeah. Like in lockdown when people were being like, you know, barbering is an essential service. And I was yeah. just like, no, it's not. Mm. <laughs> no, it's not. You know, it's not essential. We're not, we're not the ambulance. <laughs> you know, we're not doctors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we're not carers in yeah. a sense, you know, um, we're not the ambulance. We're not, I mean, we're not the fire brigade. Like these, these are essential services. Yeah. People die. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, if these things aren't there, you know, yes, barbering is something which is very helpful for the community mm. with people's mental health, with the way they feel, and all those things there. Yeah. But we're not. It's, I just feel like you know, I just don't rate myself in a place which is just a lie. We're not yeah, essential. Yeah. You know, people can live without us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and that's what all it is for me. Just kind of like just being honest. Um, about things and just also just not buying into the gas you know yeah. people like you now tomorrow they don't like you it's true you know then you lived for all of those all that you know um adoration in a sense um mm -hmm. you lived for it and then suddenly it's, it's gone fine. and then you're still searching for it and it's yeah. just kind of like yeah i might be known now i could be cancelled tomorrow because i do something or someone says me hears me say something which they don't like and yeah, suddenly yeah, yeah. we don't we don't like you, yeah, you know, simple. <laughs> you know, or something I've said now is acceptable now, but then in five years, suddenly it suddenly becomes unacceptable. And someone pulls up this interview yeah. and something I've said here, it could be me saying that, you know, Barbara's not an essential service yeah, yeah, in yeah. five years. That could be something that's really offensive. Kind of like, how could you say that? This and that, blah, 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 I'd canceled. And they're like, you know, go online and make a public apology yeah, or yeah. this and that. <laughs> you know, you just, you just don't, you just you don't, don't know. you just don't know. So my thing is like not to live for those things there, Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and that's kind of it. So when people say, how do you stay grounded? It's because I just don't see myself above anyone else. You stay yeah. grounded because I am on the ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's true. You know, that's how you stay grounded. You stay, you, you stay on the ground. You're not, you're not bigger than anyone else. Yeah, you're yeah. not more important than anyone else. Ultimately, I'm, glor I'm a glorified servant. Mm. And that's, that's the truth. What do I, I, cut, I cut hair. If you come into the barbershop, yeah. you ask me for a haircut. I have to do what you ask and then you pay me yeah, for yeah, that yeah. service. So I'm just serving you. I'm just a glorified servant. Mm. Being honest with yourself now as you always are, very <laughs> clearly.
what is it that you now need to do next in your life to then go to the to then to go to that next level that you see whether it's in barbering whether it's in family whether it's just overall you as mark what's that next what do you need to do to go to that next step or that that next level of improvement well i'm in the process actually right now and it's it's happening as so you asked me this question this is something that's been happening since the last four five months i've mm. been going through a, a change and the change has been to run my business better yeah because as much as it is seemingly a successful business yeah, yeah, yeah you know it is you know we've got loads of barbers in there loads of staff the barbers are all making money they are all working there a lot of them mostly fully booked you know yeah. we've got a big name and everything like that i've done that at the sacrifice of the business so not going not to go into like all the details yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's just things like even like my price structure yeah um the way the money works with with the barbers the splits all these type, yeah. type of things there I've always done it in favour of the people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember, like, a few years ago, like, you know, I'm coming into owning uh, my own shop now and yeah. I'm hearing about other salons. Yeah. And in traditional salons, they take a higher percentage, mm -hmm. basically from their stylists and their staff. Yeah. Um, especially, it's all based on, the, if you provide a lot of stuff for yeah. the stylists, so if you provide all the customers, you know, you provide the space, you know, you take care of certain things and yeah. you take the higher percentage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, as a standard, a lot of shops just do like, um, they'll do an even split and they're not giving them anything. Yeah. You know, so in my shop, I've provided, you know, um, like you've got receptionists there. Mm. So, you know, receptionists will help out. Yeah. You know, you're running late, they'll call your clients, they'll help you move appointments around, lock off days, do that kind of stuff there yeah. for the staff. Um, I also provide all the customers. Mm -hmm. None of the barbers or stylists actually go out their way to find any oh, stylists wow. or, I mean, find any Custom customers. Yeah, 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 you know, yeah. I'm the one who's doing all the promotion yeah. and things there and other things, right? But I take the lower end. Got it, yeah. So not only do I not take even, not even even, I take the lower end. Wow. But the reason why for me is always because I was always kind of like, I want to see these, these, you know, the barbers, the stylists really kind of like yeah, yeah, yeah. succeed. And I used to be like, you know, I want to see them like, do really good you know and then i came to realize you know over time actually these other salons they're actually doing things correctly i started understanding when you know you're hiring receptionists you realize yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a full-time job that doesn't actually bring in money but it helps the business yeah, yeah, yeah. but it doesn't bring in money so that's just money that just goes out yeah, yeah, yeah. it comes back in other ways in a sense of how it helps the business but it doesn't come back you, can't, you can't you can't see the money that correlates with the job that that person does. Yeah, they, can't, yeah, they can't bring any money. A barber, you know, a stylist brings in money. You can you see know, that. You can see, see it. Yeah, you know, yeah, but yeah. a receptionist is actually needed, but they don't bring in money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we've got back-end staff. You yeah. know, there's people who do things like all the counts every week. You know, that's a job for someone. Because yeah, yeah. the way the shop works, you know, with all the different people bringing in money or the splits, all that kind of stuff there, that someone has to yeah, do all the counts. Someone has to do the splits. And then, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, that person kind of like, coordinates with my accountant yeah. and you know this is the thing from the shop this week blah blah the accountant and the accountant does everything else but that's yeah. that's someone the accountant so with the payrolls of this and that that's a monthly charge yeah, you know yeah, you have yeah, to pay yeah. you know there's just so much you know um the web um manager yeah to make sure all the links are still working they change things this and that that's someone you're paying yeah, yeah, yeah. and there's just so much other areas of things you pay right and these are areas that don't directly bring in any money mm -hmm. the only people that bring in money are the people on the shop floor yeah yeah, yeah. right so I got to a point where it's looking great. People are booked up. Everybody is just looking like they're flourishing. Everyone's like, the business is doing great. They're loving the, the customer stuff. They're loving it, right? Yeah. 
but I'm in a position where I'm not even making any money from the shop. Mm. And furthermore, the shop's actually behind. And if I was to, God forbid, be sick for six months, yeah. unless I got a loan or I dropped off certain staff members like the receptionists yeah, or yeah, yeah. the people who do the counts, which you can't do because you need them, yeah. you know, um, the business would close down because it's not making any profit. Mm. You know, so then I came to a point where it's kind of like, actually, I'm doing all these things to build up the business. Yeah. Build up my profile, you know, build up the people, all these things there, but I'm not pushing it. You're not making it sustainable. Basically. So even like the prices I was charging yeah. up until like about a month ago, you know, I knew I could always charge more, but the reason why I never charged more was because of my existing clients. Mm. But I knew new clients would come in and I knew I wasn't worried about new, about being booked up. Yeah, yeah, Cause yeah. like, you know, from years ago, I'd been turning away more clients than I cut anyway. Yeah. So I always knew that what you call it, I could up my prices. Yeah. I could go up a lot higher. Yeah. And even if these guys leave me, I, I will fill up my chair still. But the, my feel, feeling of loyalty towards the clients mm. allowed me, never allowed me to do so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then I also came to, I just came to a point, you know, in November, December, where I was just kind of like, actually, I'm here working, right? The shop's not even making profit. Yeah. I could be charging more. I'm putting money into different things. Like, you know, also, like I got like even like a publicist, you know, mm. a PR manager, you know, and her and her company, they're on a retainer. I pay yeah. them every month. If they get me no work, I still pay them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they get me loads of work, I still pay them. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it's one of those things where it's like, I have to pay that person every month, regardless of what, of what happens, right? And, I'm, and these things help to, you know, cause I, start, I, start, I started using it last year. These things help to build up your profile, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm doing all these things there and it's kind of like, well, why is the money you're receiving not changing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because ultimately you're investing into it. The shop, you invested like hundreds of thousands of pounds of money I didn't have. Mm. Like, you know, I always talk openly about the figures. Like, you know, we're talking about two to 300,000 pounds yeah, of yeah. borrowed money. You know, so I'm not, we're not balling. Wasn't I took, went into my back pocket and pulled it out. Yeah. No, it's just all borrowed money. Maxed yeah. out credit cards, took loans from friends, friends of friends, mm. payday loans, you know, Jeez. loans that you take the 10,000 pounds, you pay back 20,000 yeah. pounds, you know, just did that, you know, to build up this business, to get it to where it's at. And I just, it, hit, it just kind of hit me where it's like, why are you not seeing the fruits of it? Mm. But everybody else is. Yeah. All the staff are seeing it. Mm. You know, they've all been put in good positions, you know, they, you know, you know, the customers, they're getting the haircuts they want, this and that, the price point I guess they're happy with, this and that. But it's just kind of like, you put everyone f first. And that's a good thing, mm. because putting everyone first actually helped to get the business to where it's at. Yeah, yeah. But at some point, I had, I had to stop it, and that was like in this, about, you know, four or five months ago, and mm. stop and say, actually, some changes need to happen. Mm. First of all, because also I, I had this community guilt as well. Yeah, yeah. Like I almost felt not happy, but okay with the fact that the business never made money. Because it was doing something in the community. Yeah, you know, but we used it, you know, we hired even runners. I pay the runners, you know, yeah, yeah, everyone, yeah. the barbers are all making money. So even one of the barbers one time said to me, oh, but you're lucky because, you know, you don't get it. He, he said to me, you don't get it because um, you've got the shop. So you make money from cutting and the shop. And I wow. said to him, I said, what are you talking about? Wow. I, I, I said, I don't make money from the shop. He said, all the money I make, you know, I, I, it's from me cutting. And I, and I felt almost kind of like, proud almost to be like yeah i could tell him yeah i don't make money from the shop yeah. but you look back at yourself why why is that why are you why are you proud of that what's this community guilt why do you feel guilty about the fact of making money mm. you've invested all this money yeah. and i'm still paying back all this money like i've still got another two three years of paying back all these debts so once three and a half years in i yeah. still got two three years of paying back all these debts so god forbid if the shop was to close down right now i still got two three years of debts to pay <laughs> So why am I guilty about the fact if the shop makes me money? Yeah. You know, I had to ask, I spoke to a business coach. This is kind of like, things were happening. I spoke to this business coach and 
this is not even what we were talking about because the business coach was had what we were talking about had nothing to even to do kind of yeah, with yeah. me. But he said something that triggered something, and he just said to me, you know, but why are you uncomfortable about me in that in that position of being the, the boss, the owner? Yeah. Like even like when people staff would sometimes say things to me like, oh boss, yeah. I feel awkward. I never used to like being Hearing called that because yeah. I like being elevated above them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always yeah. want to be like you know. We're in the same place, we're on the same level. I never, I never liked it. And basically, long and short, I had to come to a realisation of accept the position you're in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You are the owner. I am the owner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am the boss. Yeah. You know, and that, you know, my value, you know, is higher yeah, than what yeah. I'm charging. Yeah. And, it, and the reason why I say my value is higher, it's not because I just believe it's higher. Mm. No, it's because I can charge that. Yeah, yeah, you know, some people say, you know, I feel like I'm valued at this, but it's like, will anyone pay that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if no one's willing to pay that, then your value is zero now yeah. because what you're getting paid an hour right now 500%. zero yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know so you're worth as much as you can get and now as much as someone's willing to pay you to some yeah, degree yeah. right and i'm not saying that so people put themselves down but i'm just talking about just business wise yeah, yeah. you know what you can get so i just knew i can charge more and get that you know people see me on the street and always hear my prices and it started getting embarrassing because it sounds bad it's it stupid it's getting embarrassing because people were always thinking i was charging a lot more yeah. they're like oh you already charge that oh okay yeah it's calm oh that's calm that's calm that's yeah, calm yeah. And I was just like, oh, yeah, yeah, I know I can charge more. From there, you should know that you're not charging enough. Because if someone looks at you and says, oh, that's calm. All the time. <laughs> then that's a bit like, that should be a triggering in your mind of, you know what? I'm not charging enough or I'm not putting, the value of who I am is not at the level that it should be. Because people shouldn't hear your price. And this is just in a lot of services in general. Yeah. If you're at a, a certain level of quality in whatever you're doing, People shouldn't hear your price and go, oh, that's calm. Yeah, I no, personally don't believe that. No, no, they, 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 they shouldn't be. And everyone's just kind of like, oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, cool. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get a gym for you. And also, even in the, in the tier of barbering that people put me in, so forget where I put myself or yeah. where I'm at. In the tier of barbering that people put me in and the names they put me next to, like let's say in the top 10 barbers and stuff like that in, um, in the industry. Yeah. Price-wise, your, price, your percentage? Yeah, yeah. In, in that price range of what they all are, I was the cheapest. Of course, because people think you, your prices, your prices can't. You know? So I was, the, I was the cheapest at all of them. So yeah, so a lot of changes basically yeah. started happening where I just had to accept and be like, okay, you know what? Customers are going to be upset about this or not happy, but yeah, such is life. Because even when I spoke to customers about it, I was like, it's funny. Everything I tell you I'm doing, right, for the business, all the money I'm investing, when they were like, you know, ah, oh, you shouldn't be going up, this and that. I said, in my position, would you have even been charging what I'm charging up until this point? Mm. And no one could say yes not one person could mm. say yes but still some people like oh yeah but please this and that and i was like i said it's funny because you're telling me you wouldn't do the same thing but you're wanting me to do the same thing for you yeah, 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 yeah. you know but you wouldn't do the same thing in my position you know a lot of customers also said you know what you, yeah it makes sense you should be doing that yeah. some customers like you know i get it some customers left and they said yeah. look i get what you're doing i just can't afford it yeah, you know yeah. but i get what you're doing yeah, yeah. you know oh, I, i'm not willing to pay that much money but i get what you're doing like you should be doing yeah. that so there's those changes there then even in the business yeah you know even little things like you know, we're paying VAT in the business, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What happens in VAT is you're supposed to charge people the VAT. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if, you, if you're a barber and let's say you give me £100, for example, I'm yeah. supposed to charge you VAT on that because yeah, yeah, yeah. you're paying me. So I'm supposed to say, okay, £100 plus VAT, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. £120. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for the last coming up to a year, we've been paying the VAT, but I've just been covering everyone's VAT. Jeez. You know, just because I'm looking out for them and trying not to hit them with the bill. But even like the, the VAT man said it, my accountant said, you're, hit, you're supposed to charge them the VAT. I'm just kind of like, oh, I just feel like I don't want to and I don't want to hit them up or give them extra charges. And in recent times, in the same like four or five months, they're just like, fix up. 
You know, every month you're not making any profits. You know, things just need to change. First of all, this business needs to, needs to start making money without me in it. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's balanced up because I'm working in a business, but yeah, yeah. it needs to work without me in it. Yeah, you know, yeah, also these guys are making good money. You know, they've been put in a good position. They just shot. The thing, I'm already giving them the lower percentage, yeah. you know, you know, and also I'm, I'm paying the vet right now. Yeah. You know, finding, it's just like, I just need to change and actually just start running the business properly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and it's funny, and this is not a, shot yeah, at yeah, yeah. any of my stylists or barbers, right? But I spoke to one of the barbers a couple of days ago and I said to him, it's funny, right? Because as a business owner, especially with my character, I will do things to help people. Yeah. And you're really, you're, you're really trying to help people, right? And you come to realize that people don't care. Yeah. Now, to make it clear, when I say they don't care, they don't care in a, in a bad way, yeah, yeah. but they just generally just don't yeah, care. Yeah. It's not a bad thing. It's just, they're just not thinking about it, yeah, right? Because yeah, yeah. when I told everyone, you know, I've been paying their vet for the last year or coming up to a year, right? Nine months to a year, whatever it was, right? You know, and I'm not supposed to be, and you know, I can't be doing that. You know, I'm going to start hitting you guys up for the vet and whatever it is, right? I said to this barber, I said, I said, I'm not even getting at you. I said to him, but I said, but it's funny. I said, not one person said to me, oh, for real? Oh, thanks for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what was I doing it for? Mm. If they don't really care. And that's the thing. <laughs> and that's the thing as well. The other thing to that is you empower the barbers as well yeah. by doing that. Like what you you might not see it initially, but you'll see that you'll you'll start to empower the barbers in terms of what they can do, what what their skills and abilities they have, yeah. and all those types of things, um, which is amazing. Um, but you'll see that. Hopefully, you'll see that. In no, it's changing. No, it's changing. Right now, and, listen, everyone understands it. Yeah, we've yeah, sorted yeah. out things. It's, it's all good. It's not that they had to say thank you, but I was just it was hitting it, me it, it, to the point where it's like you're doing things for people, right? you know, to help people, the customers, the barbers and this and that. And it's kind of like, and I'm happy that I've done it in that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because now I put the barbers in a good position, you know, the business in a good position. Yeah. I've filled in all the weak areas. We've got the receptionist, we've yeah, got the yeah, back end yeah. staff. We've got all the things we're supposed to be doing, right? And now I'm like, okay, cool. Now the business is running well. Now I need to start thinking about profits. Yeah, yeah. Now we need to think about, okay, how am I going to get profits from the business now? And, you know, and obviously I'm going to get a profit. I'm going to be in a better position, just not paying people's VAT. Yeah, That's yeah. one change. You know, some of the deals which I'm shifting around, I shifted around with people a little bit. Yeah. They're still on the better end anyway, but I'm shifting them around a little bit, thinking about the finances, speaking to my accountant and just running the business properly. Just actually, which is one of the last things which is happening right now for me is also you can be friendly to people, but the business, I've always said this to people, right? And I never followed my own mm -hmm. advice. Make sure the business stays business. Yeah. So I made sure that the business stayed business in the sense of the way I acted towards them, but I never treated, it's weird, I never did it in reverse where it's kind of like, actually, I need to just treat it as a business. Yeah, yeah. So as an example, meaning what this means by that is, if you need to let go of someone because they're not doing the things you want, then you let go of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just business, you know? Um, if you want your shop to run a certain way, let it run a certain way. Yeah. There's no kind of like a negotiation. It's kind of like, this is how you want your shop to run. Yeah, yeah, if yeah. someone working there doesn't want to fit into that, yeah, yeah. then that's fine. They don't yeah. have to fit into that. They can leave. Mm. And it sounds harsh. It's not like I'm telling people to go, but just kind of like, I've, I know how I want my shop to run. It's the mentality you need to have. You know, I know how, and this is what's changed. I've just been like, I know how I want my shop to run. Mm. So this is how it's going to run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And some of the things people might want, it might not be wrong and it might not be bad, but it's just not what I want. Yeah, so yeah. if you can't fit into this, then it's best for you to, to leave. Yeah. And it's not it's not a beef. It, and that's for me, I'm not, it's not even beef. It's yeah, just yeah. kind of like, I put all this investment, I put all this time, I've made sure all the barbers are in a good position. You know, I need to make sure also the business runs how it is, the yeah. environment, yeah. the conversations, the music, the, you know, um, so on and so on, whatever yeah, it is, yeah. I just need to make sure all of these things are running exactly how I want them mm -hmm. to run. Because ultimately people do what they want to do, mm 
-hmm. It's not selfishness. It is yeah. selfishness on a small level, though, but not really like selfish, like yeah, yeah, a yeah, selfish yeah. person. People just do what they want to do. And if the business fails right now, they just move on. Yeah. They go to another barbershop. They go to so, another hairdresser. They, not, they just move on. That's, and that's not going to happen. And I'm left with the debts of this thing exactly. and whatever exactly. it is. So, and then you go back to what happened to your mom. Yeah. Where she didn't have her business after what happened with her, granted different circumstances. Yeah, yeah. But there's a potential that you could then put yourself in that position where it's like, I didn't lose out of my business because I didn't do the things necessary. Where your mum didn't get insurance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same way you didn't put didn't done things necessary from a business perspective to put yourself in a position where you're sustainable and yeah. able to be, whether you're in or out of the shop. Yeah. And I think that's key. And it's, it's interesting that what happened to your mum, like you're thinking, okay, I, I can't lose my business. Yeah, yeah. This is crazy. Um, we could talk about loads of other things. Yeah, yeah. But I'm going to give you one last question. My last question to you today is with where you're at in life right now, what encouragement would you give to yourself? Give myself the encouragement I give myself right now. Right now. I'd say right now the encouragement I'd give to myself is you're doing the right things now. Mm. And you may have got there late, but those experiences and those things that you have gone through, which is always the case, yeah. is now a lesson that you can teach other people. Mm. And the good thing is that you've got there yeah, and you're constantly still learning, you know, which has been the thing, you know, you, me talking to myself, which has been the thing, you know, you've always said, you know, you're a student mm. of your craft, you're a student of the game, you're always learning, you know, so you're going to learn a lot more things. And as long as you stay doing that, you know, things will go well, but just use those lessons which you do to teach other people so they don't have to make the same mistakes that you've made. Mm. Mark, this has been a great conversation this is really has been a great conversation um and for you guys watching at home i hope you've enjoyed this um there's been conversation with h with the amazing slider cuts aka mark um make sure you check it out we'll have much more com uh, conversations and content coming for you very very soon